Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. This happened close to 14 years ago when I was pregnant with my first child. My husband and I had gone to a friend's house one night for a bonfire and a hayride party. There were a lot of people there and we knew quite a few, but some groups brought people that we didn't know. This was during a time when goth was big in some social circles. It was mostly people obsessed with bands like the Insane Clown Posse and heavy metal slash screamo music. But there was another segment of this culture that was pretty heavily involved with the occult and Satan. That night, the group was split into groups of these types, and the majority gave off good vibes, except for one person in particular. When I walked into the house, he immediately focused on me. It was quite unsettling. He would stare, but in a very, very intense way. I don't know if I could explain it. It was rather unnerving. The hayride was taking off soon, so I told my husband that we should go find seats. We had slipped out of the house, and I knew this guy was still in there. I just wanted to get away from him. We loaded up on the wagon and got situated. Seconds before we took off, the guy suddenly jumps in the wagon and squeezes in a spot directly across from me. The entire ride, he stared, eyes boring into my soul. And honestly, this might sound super odd, but I had this overwhelming sense that he wanted to kill my baby or cause me great harm. I can't explain it. I just felt the overpowering sense of evil in him. I struggled with the feeling of how can I share this with someone else without sounding like I've completely lost my mind. So I didn't say anything to anyone. When we got back, I told my husband I didn't feel well and we should head out. With my large belly and all, he didn't question it and we left. Fast forward a few years later, we visited a church of the same friend that held the party. And who should be there but that guy? Except, this time he had toned down his looks quite a bit, and his body language was more relaxed. I immediately sensed he was a different person than I had encountered years ago. My husband struck up a conversation with the guy for a while, but I decided to keep my distance. Afterwards, my husband told me how this guy had completely changed his life how he'd once been deep into satanic stuff and see evil spirits. And then he shared the one thing that made the hair on the back of my neck stand straight up. Do you remember seeing him at that bonfire years ago? You won't believe it. He said he was at the lowest point of his life at that time. He said he constantly heard voices telling him to kill people, and it was all he could do to not listen to them. This shook my entire sense of being knowing that I had actually perceived what that man was feeling. I don't know how far things would have gone that night, but I'm glad to this day to not have tempted fate. Here's an added afterthought. That guy did pretty good for a while and lived in a family's home for a couple of years. They had a couple of boys and a daughter. Come to find out he had been violently assaulting the daughter at night and ended up going to prison for a while. Last I saw him was about a year ago. I walked into a local hardware store and there he was greeting people. 
He was the store's manager. Still makes my skin crawl. Several years ago, I walked a handful of blocks up the street from my boyfriend's house to a convenience store to buy something to drink. It was pretty late, maybe 11 p.m., and I was trying to slide in there before the store closed. To set the scene, we lived in a transitory neighborhood that was chock full of abandoned houses and crime, with a few occupied residences and businesses scattered about. There were zero street lights or illumination on these streets past a certain point. Envision a more compact version of the type of Detroit neighborhood exemplified in the movie Barbarian, and you won't be far off the mark. Looking back, the nighttime excursions to the store, from my place to his, were absolutely idiotic on my part. But after living in that environment for years, you just become accustomed to it. Anyway, it was one of my many foolhardy nighttime store trips. My boyfriend, by then, would ask me not to do it but I'd just ignore that. I wanted my drink after all. I got the few blocks up the street in the usual darkness, got my drink, and left the store to head back. Once outside, a guy was standing near the trash can hassling everyone who came out, asking for money, cigarettes, etc. I told him I didn't have anything and started across the parking lot and head back, but this guy sprang after me like a freaking rabbit and grabbed a hold of my arm. He starts aggressively demanding that I go to a party with him, while trying to steer me down the pitch black side street, just beside the convenience store. He was probably about 6'7", crazy tall and super thin, with dreads all in his face, making it hard to even see what he looked like. His fingers bit into my arm, and felt like they had pinched a nerve. My heart starts pounding like crazy right away. I was used to brushing off this type of behavior having lived in the neighborhood for several years by then, but this was way more aggressive than anything I'd faced so far. I shook my arm out of his grasp, told him I was heading to my boyfriend's place and it was only a few blocks down the street. He was waiting for me, said sorry in an attempt to placate him, and took off speed walking down the street. He called after me several times, and then I heard his quick steps as he decided to follow me down the road. By then I could feel my heart beat in my eyeballs, my mouth had gone bone dry, and I was almost hyperventilating with fear, trying to stay quiet so this asshole wouldn't hear me. I had this feeling that to show fear or to look back at him would cause him to react violently, immediately. So I just put on a burst of speed and tried to outwalk him. However, my five foot five legs were no match for his crazy long stride, and I could hear little pieces of rock and concrete crunching under his feet as he closed in on me. I literally felt like my heart would leap out of my chest or explode from fear. I tried to walk even faster, but I could hear the guy right behind me. I could hear his breath in my ear and got this overwhelming feeling that he was going to grab me at any second, maybe with a weapon, and try to force me to walk wherever he wanted me to. The neighborhood is pitch black, and there's no real through traffic. Not at night. If he wanted to force me to go with him, I'd be powerless safe for trying to run from him. But with his height advantage, I knew that move would be futile, and he'd catch me fast. Finally, I could see my boyfriend's driveway in the distance, and him standing at the end of it, waiting for me. He had had a terrible feeling and already worried constantly about me walking at night, 
so he'd come outside to wait for me. I saw that he had his crowbar in one hand, his usual defense weapon, kept near the front door, and then my nerve broke. I began sprinting towards him, and the tall dude behind me started to sprint as well. I reached the place where my boyfriend stood and squeaked out, Help! Or something like that. Dove behind him and cowered, waiting for the tall dude to pull a gun and shoot us both, or begin struggling with my boyfriend. It didn't happen. He gets right up in my boyfriend's face, standing way too close to him, and asks for a light. My boyfriend gives him one, holding the crowbar aloft in the other hand so that it was very visible. Then I grab a hold of him and yank him into the house, locking the door and absolutely losing it, sobbing, freaking out while trying to choke out what had happened. My boyfriend goes looking from the windows and sees him kind of standing around and then sauntering off into the darkness. He saw him here and there for months afterward, up at the store or walking up and down the street. Unsurprisingly, I'm sure, I never took another nighttime walk. I still sometimes have nightmares about this. As I think about this story, I just wonder where I should start. Let's set the background first. I grew up in a very rural area. My parents have a pretty big piece of land with a nice two-story farmhouse in the middle of it. To the south of the house is a peach orchard. The west is where the driveway is. It goes through an alley of cottonwood and pecan trees. But the land is pretty open and was used for cattle farming. The east and north is dense woodland and shrubs, which reaches all the way to our neighbors, about two miles away. Back then, I was working at a carpenter shop in town. I'd just gotten my driver's license, and so I was able to get there on my own. Although I'd say it was pretty far away, about an hour and a half drive. We started fairly late in the day at about 10 a.m. The owner of the company was sort of a night owl and loved to sleep in. But because of that, we ended up having to stay until 9 p.m. That was no problem in the summer, but turned out to be a bit of an annoyance in the winter, as it got dark pretty early, and I hated driving in the dark, because the lights on my car weren't the best anymore. I drove a 1987 Chevy pickup, which had obviously seen better days. I hadn't had much money back then, so this was all I could afford. So one day in late December, about 10 or 11 years ago, I left work much later than usual. I had made a pretty stupid mistake on a nightstand I was building for a customer and needed to fix it, as a customer was going to pick it up the next day. When I finally finished, it was nearly midnight. I cussed out my stupidity, closed the shop up tight, and went to my car. There are two routes I can take home. One is on the highway. The other one is through backcountry and dirt roads surrounded by thick brush and trees. I usually took the highway, as it was much faster and safer, especially in the dark. But this day, there had been an accident, and the highway was blocked by emergency services, so I ended up taking the long way home. As soon as I left the main road and made my way up the dirt trails, I got this feeling, you know the one, as if something bad is about to happen, almost like impending doom. The longer I drove on the road, the stronger the feeling got, until it felt like all of my body and soul was aching to desperately turn around. 
drive back all the way to the roadblock, and wait until it was once again opened. I tried to suppress the feeling as best as I could, and tried to convince myself that I've driven this route many times, and I know that it's safe, albeit a bit rough on the truck. When I was driving through an especially rugged piece of brush, only about ten miles away from my parents' farm, I suddenly felt my front left tire pop. I did my best to keep the truck on the road and made it to a safe stop. I kept a spare tire in the bed and had changed tires quite a lot on my own, so I knew it would just be a minor inconvenience and I would be rolling again in a matter of minutes. That's where I was wrong, though. I climbed up on the truck's bed only to find that my toolbox had been broken into and all of my tools, including my spare tire, had been stolen. So there I was, still miles from the nearest settlement, in bear and wolf country, in the middle of the night with no cell phone, and no way to repair my truck. I always kept a sort of survival kit in my toolbox, with a blanket, small axe, a fire starter kit, and some MREs. But it had gotten stolen too. Thank God I still had my trusty hunter's knife that my sister gave me when she moved to Finland. So I made the second but bigger mistake of this day. I decided to walk home. Even now, I don't know why I made this decision. All I had to do was wait in my truck until sunrise, as I knew a neighbor was driving down the road every day at about 8 a.m. He could have taken me to town and called my parents to get the truck, but some stupid fart in my brain said, Nah, f*** it. I'm walking home. So on I went. I locked the car took my rucksack with my belongings with me, and began the trek. I couldn't have walked far when I got this eerie feeling like something or somebody is watching me. I turned around, but nothing was there. I picked up my pace to make it out of there. All of a sudden, I heard some rustling in the bushes to my left. I called out, asking if there's anybody there, but of course I got no answer. The feeling of being watched just got stronger and stronger, and the rustling got more frequent, when suddenly, the brush stopped, and I came to a small clearing. That's when he spoke to me for the first time. Hey there, boy. He had a pretty weird pronunciation. The first part was spoken softly, almost gently, but the boy was like an explosion to my ears. He made a tiny pause in between then spewing out, boy. He was big, I guess about 6'6". He wore a long trench coat, a hat, gray short hair, and lifeless eyes, almost like a dead fish. But what really scared me was his dog. He had a huge black shepherd-like dog, but it looked wild, almost like a wolf. I immediately froze from fear. I always heard this term, but could never imagine it being like this. I couldn't move. I just couldn't. I tried, trust me. God, did I try. What you doing there, boy? He asked me. Don't you want to talk to me, boy? I still couldn't move a finger, but my mouth slowly started to work again. I told him about the truck and how I was trying to walk home, but I don't think he was able to understand a word I was saying. As I was stuttering and slurring the words out of fear, he made a few steps towards me, his dog fixating on me like prey. He came so close that I could smell him. A very odd smell. A bit like old cigarettes, but 
there was something else I just couldn't point out. I still stood there, unable to move. He took a deep breath and closed his eyes, almost like he wanted to remember the smell of fear radiating from me. He began to grin. Not a genuine, honest grin, but the one where the eyes aren't involved at all. They stayed as lifeless as they were. Be careful out here, boy. There are a lot of dangerous things out here, he said and vanished into the brush as sudden as he had appeared. I started to thaw up and was able to move my body once again. All of a sudden, my knees felt weak and wouldn't bear the weight of my body anymore. I collapsed to the ground and my whole body started to shake uncontrollably as I began to sob with relief. As soon as I regained control over my body, I began to run. I ran like I never had before and never have again. I ran all the way home, which still was quite a long way. I can't describe the feeling of relief coming over me when I saw the all-so-familiar porch lights coming up in the distance and I reached the edge of the woodlands on our property. Hey there, boy. My heart skipped a beat. I screamed from sheer terror, and I knew that this would be the end of my life if I froze again. So I didn't stop running. I ran and ran and ran, never even bothered to look back. Only when I reached the warm yellow circles of light cast by our porch lamps, I dared to look back. He stood there on the edge of the woods like he did in the clearing, his dog wolf on a leash next to him. He grinned that creepy grin again. I fumbled out my keys as my parents locked the back door at 8 p.m., unlocked it and stumbled in. Only when I had locked the door once more, I started to feel remotely safe. I went upstairs to my room and made sure that all the windows were locked on my way up. When I looked out my bedroom window, he was gone. I told my dad about this when we got the truck the next day. He said that this was likely Samuel an old hermit who had a small cottage down there in the woods and had been living there for at least the last 30 years. But he's never seen him with his own eyes. So in retrospect, I don't think I was ever in grave danger. But nevertheless, creepy stranger of the woods, let's never meet again. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. <laughs> 